Thank you for joining us today. The Word of God provides everything we need throughout our earthly existence. There is absolutely nothing that has, is, or will occur in our lives that is not covered by the blood of Jesus. Our sovereign God loves us so much that He created us in His own image and sacrificed His only begotten sinless Son to cover all of our sins. When we surrender our all to Him, we begin to experience the greatest love of all and become recipients of eternal life. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. Let's pray. And Father, we do thank you for the privilege of preaching your precious gospel another Sunday to the glory of your name, to see the beauty of another day, to receive breath of life, and be in our right minds. So much can happen in just a moment's notice. Thank you that you've kept us through this week, through last week, and brought us into a new week. Help me now to preach in the power of the Spirit. Uh, help us to stay attuned to your word and not be distracted through um, cell phone pop-ups and wandering minds. Lord, speak. Your servants are listening in Jesus' name. And all God's children said, amen. So good to be with you today, and we bless the Most High God. You have your Bibles. Would you be so kind enough to turn to again? It's been our theme scripture for a number of weeks, Acts 1-8, as we continue the message we did on last Sunday. Acts chapter 1, verse 8 says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And from this theme scripture that we've been preaching, along with other related passages, our title of this message is Christ Commissions His Church to Be Radical Witnesses for Him. Christ Commissions His Church to Be Radical Witnesses for Him. What is the purpose of the church? The purpose of the church is to proclaim the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. Acts 1.8 states it emphatically, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. The church is called to be faithful in sharing the gospel through word, the church is to be faithful through ministering in deeds. The church is commissioned by our Lord Jesus Christ. He has commissioned us to be witnesses for him. The church is also to make disciples for the Lord Jesus Christ. For the scripture says in Matthew 28, 19a, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. You must first be born again. You must be a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ before you can be made a disciple of Christ. You must be born into the kingdom, and then you are made disciple through instruction and teaching to the glory of God. What hinders Christians from carrying out Christ's mandate to witness. What hinders Christians from carrying out the mandate to witness? Now, he, he gives us a great commission, 
We said a number of Sundays ago, the Great Commission is not only in Matthew 28, but it is also right here in Acts 1-8, and we see Jesus before he leaves earth. He commissions his disciples to spread the word, the gospel go out, so that people would be reached and saved to the glory of God. So as, as they disperse and they win, and persecution in that era actually caused a tremendous spreading of the gospel. But when you uh, attempt to minister the gospel uh, the way God has mandated us, then you'll find out you're going to encounter some hindrances. So what hinders Christians from carrying out Christ's mandate to witness? There will be hindrances. Number one, it may be that many who say they are Christians are not truly born again. It may be that many who say they're Christians are not born again. John 3, 3 says, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. To be born again is to be born from above. To be born again is to be born from above. It is to be born anew by the spirit of the living God. Uh, to be born again, it is a spiritual conversion whereby the Lord imports eternal life into a lost soul. That's what it means to be born again. To be born again, it is a spiritual conversion whereby the Lord imports eternal life into a lost soul. Unsaved people do not witness because they do not have the life of God living in their soul, which means they need someone to share the gospel to them. Maybe many don't witness because they don't know the Lord themselves. You have to know the Lord before you can witness for him. Secondly, some Christians feel inadequate to witness because of their lack of knowledge of Scripture. Some Christians feel inadequate to witness because of their lack of knowledge of scripture. Hosea chapter four, verse six, a says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. When God's people have a lack of knowledge of God's word, they lack spiritual understanding. When God's people lack the knowledge of the word of God, they lack spiritual perception. When God's people lack the word of the living God, they lack spiritual discernment. When God's people lack the word of God, they lack spiritual wisdom, which is so common among believers today. If there's ever time we need to know the word of God, it is right now. With all the Bibles and so many translations, there is no excuse for not knowing the word of God. You must know the word of God to be an effective witness for Christ. How are you going to witness apart from the word of God? For therein lies the power. The power is in inherently the word of God. This is why Colossians chapter 3 verse 6 says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. When the word of God is resident in you richly, then you can unleash the witness of Christ with power to the glory of God. 
Therefore, be disciplined and make up your mind to read the Bible. If you want to know the word and not lack knowledge, you have to, you have to read the Bible. Make up your mind to study the Bible. Make up your mind to memorize scriptures as we do here in Maranatha. This will remove your inadequacies and give you the confidence to witness for Christ. You see, the word of God will build up your confidence to witness and you won't be insecure because of a deficiency of the word of God in your life. Thirdly, many believers do not witness because they are so in love with the pleasures of this world that they cannot witness. Many believers do not witness because they are so uh, in love with the pleasures of this world that they cannot witness. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 20, it says, And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. You see, my friend, the Lord never owned a home, but stayed as a welcome guest in the home of others. You know, he never owned a boat. You know, he's, he, he preached from another man's boat, you know. He even shared another man's lunch, a, l- a little boy's lunch. He, he even bore another man's cross. He even died for another man's salvation. And that's the greatest thing he imported to us or made provisions for us is when he shared salvation for uh, in Matthew 1.21, it says uh, he came to save his people from their sins. That's why he came. He came to save sinners. He didn't come to promote earthly organizations however good they may be, your ultimate aim. He's not going to say, how many organizations did you attend? How many memberships did you have? And all these kind of things. He wants to say, did you know me and did you bear my name before people? Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. The Lord never owned a home, but stayed as a welcome guest in the home of others. His concern was not about material possessions, even though he does not condemn us for having them. Life circumstances uniquely affect people differently, yet God's love, grace, and mercy are limitless. The good news is God's word is uniquely sufficient. He knows what to do in every situation. He made us and he knows us better than we know ourselves. The Bible tells us to trust him, lean on him, and to acknowledge him. Whether it's a success, a setback, or a failure, no matter what it is, God will order our steps when we depend on him and him alone to uniquely perform his good and perfect work within us. Listen as Pastor Rander continues. Jesus not only blesses us spiritually, he also blesses us materially. Uh, All these things come from God. It's not a sin to have physical, material blessings. It's, It's okay as long as you keep the right perspective about them and don't allow it to rule your life. Jesus just doesn't want us to be so fixated on the possessions of this world that we lose sight of our advancing the kingdom of God on earth 
through witnessing for him. We ought not be so carried away with cell phones and television and Netflix and social media and all these things and sports and entertainment that we lose sight of winning the world for Christ. Number four, fear of rejection keeps many believers from sharing Christ with the unsaved. Fear of rejection keeps believers, many believers from sharing Christ with the unsaved. They don't like rejection. They don't like to be denied. They want to be accepted. Many people want to be popular. They want to be liked. But the scripture says, woe be unto you when all men speak well of you. The gospel of John chapter 1 verse 11 says he came to his own. He came to his Jewish brethren and his own did not receive him. Jesus experienced rejection even from his own family. And even the, the Jewish people, and because they denied him, then the gospel was offered to the Gentiles. God's work will get done, my friend. In the gospel of Luke chapter 10, verse 16, it also says, He who hears you hears me, and he who rejects you rejects me, and he who rejects me rejects him who sent me. When people reject the message of the gospel, we must keep in mind that ultimately they are rejecting Christ who commissioned us to witness in the first place. And not only do they reject Christ, they also reject God the Father who sent the Lord Jesus Christ into the world to save sinners. Acts chapter 5 verse 41 says, So they went on their way from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they had been considered worthy to suffer shame for his name. We do not take rejection personally when witnessing for Christ when we expect it. When you expect to be rejected, then you won't take it so personal when you are rejected as in the case of Jesus and his disciples. Furthermore, your spiritual maturity is put on display when you can rejoice in suffering shame for the cause of Christ, in suffering humiliation for the cause of Christ, in suffering rejection for the cause of Christ. I pose a question to you. When is the last time you suffered humiliation because you witnessed for Christ? Someone got outrate at you. Uh, someone shunned you. Someone marginalized you. When's the last time you've been rejected? Well, my friend, you can't get rejected unless you be a witness for him. If you're not witnessing, you don't expect <laughs> to be rejected. You say, well, nobody's bothering me. Well, nobody's bothering you because you're not bothering them. You see, even though rejection may be painful, we should count it all joy when we suffer for the cause of Christ. What? Count it all joy? That's hard. That's hurtful. But at the end of the day, whatever you do for Christ will last and you are blessed and God will say to you, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Matter of fact, there is a soul winner's reward for those who are faithful in dispensing the good news of Jesus Christ. With all that's going on in our society, where is your witness for Christ? Who are you telling about Jesus? It ought to start at home. Your Jerusalem is at home with your family and your extended relatives. 
Then it ought to go to your coworkers and friends and neighbors and and uh, and in the store, in the in the office, so well, uh, while your car is being washed, uh, uh, you're sitting somewhere, and people around you, it is time to witness. Well, here's a poignant question I pose to you: Why do people reject the gospel of Christ in the first place? Why do people reject the gospel? Now, God says, "Be a witness," and I'm telling you, expect rejection. So the question is, why do people reject the gospel of Christ in the first place? Well, let me give you a few of these for your consideration and edification and personal growth. People reject Christ because they refuse to believe. They have a crisis of belief because they refuse to believe the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, I don't want to believe. I don't believe that Jesus stuff. I don't believe he's, he's God. John six thirty six says, but I said to you that you have seen me and yet you do not believe. Wow. Jesus was in their face. He was God in human flesh. And people look God, the son, in the eye and rejected him. You know, that's terrible. He came in in the person of God, being God, 100% God in human flesh, uh, to tabernacle, to show people the way of salvation. But they would not believe him. I don't believe Jesus. That's what they say. And uh, he's not God. And they called him names. You expect to be called names. Why do people reject the gospel? Because of, a, of the hardness of heart. Because of the hardness of heart. Acts chapter 7, verses 51 and 52, it says, you, Stephen is talking here, and I mean, he's just laying them out. You stiff neck and uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did. You didn't just do it, your fathers did it too. And so do you. Which of the prophets did, you, did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who foretold the coming of the just one. Who is the just one? The Lord Jesus Christ, of whom you now have become the betrayer and murderers. They murdered Jesus. They murdered God. Because of hardness of heart. And there are some people who have hard hearts. Could be a child that you're trying to witness to. And and you're having a hard time. You're doing everything you can to to get that child to Jesus. And he's just fighting. He's struggling. He's been around the church all his life. He's heard you read. He's seen scripture memory. He or she has done speeches unto the Lord. Your grandchildren. Or perhaps it's a husband. And and you know what? I've seen people who are dying of cancer, sick, and I'm witnessing to them and I tell about Jesus. I say, are you ready to receive Jesus? No. I say, my God, even in their condition, in their state. So what do you do when you got a loved one like this? You keep on ministering to them. Don't you you stop? Now, don't don't just, uh, just inundate them with Christ so much every time you... You come to bring them a glass of water. You better receive Jesus. You, you, you fix them a cup of coffee. You know, Jesus is waiting on you. 
How long is it going to be before you come to Jesus? No, 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 no. The Lord will give you times to minister to your loved ones, how to back off and then proceed, how to be kind, be gentle. And uh, i tell you something else, like I told a person just yesterday on the phone. Everything is not for you to see in your lifetime. <laughs> the person you've been praying for that won't come to Christ, perhaps there will be some trials and some things that will intrude into their lives and they'll remember your words and they may come to Christ after you've been in heaven five or ten years or longer. So you just keep on praying, keep on hoping. If you don't see nothing in that child, have your children not want to come to church. No inclination, no, nothing about God. You just keep believing God because when you stop praying, you are saying that person is too hard for God to save. And you don't want to believe that. I mean, look at Saul. Saul was a notorious villain. He persecuted the church, but God arrested him on the road to Damascus. He said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He wreaked havoc in the church. And God converted that devil and made him one of the finest saints in the kingdom, writing all those books in the New Testament and being mightily used of God and end up dying for the cause of Christ. So you keep praying. Don't don't frustrate yourself. God makes everything beautiful in his time. So let's, let's, let's move on. Why do people reject Christ? Because of spiritual blindness. They reject Christ because of spiritual blindness. Uh, Matthew 13, 15, 8 says, For the hearts of this people have grown dull, their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes uh, they have closed. They've closed their eyes, spiritually closed. They're blind. They can't see. They can't see. They are actually, I mean, they can see, they can have 20-20 vision physically, but spiritually, they are blind. And until the Lord opens their eyes, they won't be able to see. Spiritual blindness is the reason many reject the gospel. Next, many reject the gospel because they have knowledge. They have knowledge without a genuine relationship with Christ. They have knowledge without a genuine relationship with Christ. James 2.19 says, you believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. <laughs> Even the demons believe there is a God. You know, they believe that, you know, they were once with God in their unfallen state. But when they fell, they didn't lose knowledge about God. They, they knew about God. Uh, demons know the truth about God. They know the truth about God. I tell you something else about demons. Demons have knowledge of Scripture. And not only do demons have knowledge of Scripture, they can even quote the Scriptures, but possess no relationship with Christ because they hate God and they hate his word. Hey, God. And you know what? It's a sad thing to go to hell with Bible knowledge. With Bible knowledge. You know the Bible. You can quote a few verses. You got some, you got Bible knowledge. 
You know Bible theology. You know the doctrines of the faith without a personal relationship with God. Listen, when, when God gets a hold of you, it's not just about knowing the facts. It's about experiencing God, having a relationship with God, a true transformative experience from God, spiritual growth in God, doing, having works that are manifested because of an inward transformation from God. Oh, beloved, in the name of Jesus, don't just be able to quote a few scriptures or know a few facts about the, about the Bible or have knowledge about God without a relationship with him. Do you know him experientially, relationally? Why do people reject the gospel of Christ? Because they love their sin. They love their sin. The gospel of John chapter 3 verse 19 says, and this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Jesus is the light of the world. He was born light in the midst of darkness and yet people rejected the light, spiritual light which provides and imports spiritual life. Jesus Christ provides spiritual life, and he imports that life to those who believe in him by faith alone. How tragic, listen at this, how tragic it is when people have the opportunity to receive eternal life but reject it because they love the pleasures of sin and wickedness above having a relationship with Christ. God is our ever-present help. He is available to us whenever and wherever we need Him. Regrettably, we sometimes take matters into our own hands instead of giving it all to Him. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. If you enjoyed this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, directly across from the Randolph Air Force Base.